Okay, but the Bible says be careful that you don't let these things slip. It has to be, these things have to be compounded into you. Pound, you have to hear the same thing over and over again. Because as you hear it over and over again, eventually it'll click. Okay, so Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So based on this scripture, it's obvious that there is a link between heaven and earth. What we do here affects something there. And they are constantly responding to what we do and what we say. In the beginning of this, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so, again, we're going to talk about just for a second, these uh, two keys to your eternal future. Um, the first one is belief. These are the two master keys. There are a lot of how many of you know you have master keys and then you have minor keys. Or you have miniature keys. There's always a master key that can let you into any any room or let you into the building. And then you have other keys that let you into the rooms. There are two keys to your eternal future. The first one is belief. This key unlocks the door to eternal life and determines where you will spend eternity. Okay, so that belief is in Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus Christ said? He said, it was, it's kind of, I'll say it a different way. I am the only key. You know, he said it another way. I am the only way, the only truth, and I am the only life. He said, no man gets to the Father except through me. And, and let me say something here. I know, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more calls, and this is not towards anybody if they, I don't think the person is here, but I got, I'm getting more and more calls about this new black Hebrew movement. And about black people being the chosen, wonderful. I don't have a problem with that. My wife does the whole ancestry thing, looking up long-lost relatives to see if they're still in the dinosaur age and stuff like that. I don't need to look up anybody. Hey, And so, uh, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with tracing roots and tracing African roots and Asian roots and Indian roots. And, and, and watch this. If, if, if you trace your black roots, don't be getting upset because somebody want to trace their white roots. I said, don't get upset because somebody want to trade. You know, you know what? Never mind. Say, so, so, because a lot of people ask me my opinions on that about, you know, the black people being one of the lost tribes of Israel. Okay, I mean, I'm getting, guarantee you that is true. But the difference is, is that these new racial movements that are popping up, if you're not careful, okay, I find out that I'm a black Hebrew. Guess what? I still got to go right back to the New Testament and obey every single scripture and pray like I'm supposed to, give like I'm supposed to, live holy and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, I don't have a problem if you do that. I'm just not into that. I'm just letting you know as a church, I have to make myself clear because uh, I, mean, I had a couple people recently, they were looking for a church that promotes that. I said, well, might as well go to another address because I don't promote that type of stuff. This is what I promote. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? Thank you. Uh, yeah, Paul's out there. Mike was trying to help you out in case I lost the scripture. <laughs> you better know that one. Good grief. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. John 1, 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were talking about tribes. And I can't remember who I was talking to. And I asked a good question. They were like, man, you know, I wonder what. Oh, I know what it was. Um, it was a first, well, yeah, first time visitor. And they were, you know, man, I've been looking up and, and he said, I always wonder what tribe I'm a part of. And, and I said, well, I can help you out. I can give you a hint. <laughs> I said, well, I mean, I mean, naturally you could be a part of a tribe, but the Bible says, y'all, you got to remember something. It is the Bible that says whatever you were in the past changes when you accept the Lord. How is that so hard to understand? I said, the Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So when you give your life to Christ, you literally become a member of the Jewish tribe called Judah. That is the one that Jesus is attached to out of all of the other ones. Okay, so, so I don't need to really look up anything after that. I become one with Christ. And let me tell y'all something, y'all. You can't be a... Son of God without being one. I'd rather be a son of God and a God myself versus a black Hebrew. Now, if you want to chase that down, you, you be my guest. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with chasing roots. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with cultures. I have no problem with that. We're going to have services that are themed with that. We will do cultural themes, Chinese, uh, African, 
um, Indian, all of those different type of things. We're, there's nothing wrong with that until you cross the line and now that has replaced the Bible because all of these, all of these racial movements pop, popping up, you always notice one thing, they ain't getting nobody saved. And every vision and every dream that has ever been given by the Lord, race is never brought up. It's always uh, let the people know I'm coming quickly. So they need to be about my father's business. And our father's business is not race, it's reconciliation. Okay, so I'm just letting you know where I stand on these things. You're not going to see me pushing up. And, and really, I'm, I'm going to preach a series on race. That's going to be scary. Oh, they're going to feel, yes, yeah, I mean, everybody. You're going to see men protesting in Africa. Mad Mac, um, Africans and Dashikis and Ku Klux Klan and White Hoods might march together on that one on me. They're going to go, oh, yeah, we both prejudiced. But we're going to bring this brother down to the ground. You know what I mean? Your enemies get together when they're trying to, well, whatever, Okay. So, that, but Jesus said in the last days there will be race wars. I don't even know why I'm on this. But just be careful. There is nothing wrong with looking up anything about your past. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying be careful because what's going on is it's leading into this thing now where you have quote-unquote black Christians saying that I am totally going to divorce the white church. Or I can't remember the term. Um, no, it's say it again. No, it's um, it's a term for for typically suburban white oh white evangelicals. And um, and there's a particular rapper that even said that. Let me tell you something, y'all. If you are African American in here, and and you make this blanket statement. I will have nothing to do with white evangelicals. That's the same spirit as the Ku Klux Klan. We will have nothing to do with African-Americans. We will have nothing to do with Mexicans. We will have nothing to do with Chinese people. I don't know where people are thinking I will have nothing to do with white evangelicals. No, maybe it might be better for you to have nothing to do with the one crazy one you met. But to, to now dismiss an entire group of people that many of them are trying to do the best that they can, I don't indicate that. So people are convinced that if Jesus came, he would promote their agenda. And this is the deep part. When you stand before the Lord, he's only questioning you about his agenda, not yours. So you can take that chance if you want to, and, and you step up to the throne. Well, why should we let you in? I'm a black Hebrew. You don't turn to the angel. Is that anywhere on the document that we let somebody in because they're black Hebrew? Why should I let you in? Why I'm white? Can't see anything in here? Um, oh, well, they think that because of the pictures. Oh, no, dude. That, no, no, no. You know, it's either one thing or another. It's either Jesus looking like a white skier or you got him looking as a black man with an afro and a dashiki. The Mexicans and the Chinese people look like, well, we know he pretty much not Chinese and Mexican. We're just looking at y'all to argue back and forth. You don't know. It's just, I mean, it's just insane. Uh, you know, and it's just ridiculous. This stupidity. This is a house. A temporary one at that. The Bible says this is clothing. Actually, the scripture says your body is a slave and a prison to keep the real you in check. We arguing over color of a Corvette in the parking lot. Yours is white, mine is yellow, and mine is red. It's just all stupidity that takes us away from the true, true focus. We arguing on social media and on television, baiting all this type of stuff. And, but let me ask you this. One individual debates that all day. Another individual is debating Satan on the street getting folks saved. One individual is talking about that all day. Another one is sitting up trying to do the work of the Lord. Y'all? When you go out here on the street, they don't care nothing. They don't care if you're a white Hebrew. They don't care if you're a black Hebrew, a Chinese Hebrew. You know, I'm just being facetious. They don't care. You know why? Because race doesn't meet needs. Love does. So there are people right now, pastors right now, that refuse to fellowship with me because I won't join this cause. God didn't ask me to open up a church to join a cause except for his. And people going to have a problem with that. But you know what, though? I'm, I'm willing to take y'all anytime Jesus, oh man, anytime Jesus appears to men and these two statements, I will never forget. 
My wife is amazed at what I remember. I'm like, no, I just remember different stuff than you remember. I see this is another message that I'm preaching. This is going to be another 10, 15 minute one. Got to do my stuff in 15, 20 minute blocks now, seriously. Um, Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin in an open vision. And I never forget what he said. He said, most pastors don't get to the first phase of the ministry before they die. For God, buildings and congregations mean nothing. Farrakhan can come here and get more than anybody in this, in this, in this city. You know what I'm saying? Because you've got a bunch of people that doesn't mean anything. Because most people are sheep. He said, most people, most pastors don't get to the first phase of the ministry before they die. This told me that if most pastors don't get to their first phase, you ain't even got to your zero if you're following them. I'm only at the second phase after six years. The second. Okay? And the Lord told Rick Joyner, most of his ministers were doing good works. They just wasn't doing what he told them to do. My wife is smiling, so I don't know what that means. Maybe I look wonderful and glorious this morning. I don't even know why I play with her like that. Order. All right, so that was, that was message two. Let's go ahead and finish the third one. I got 15 minutes to finish the third one. So <laughs> belief, it unlocks the door to eternal life and determines where you will spend eternity. Your behavior, it unlocks the door to reward and determines how you will spend eternity. Okay. So uh, the, for title purposes, this last one <laughs> is called the court date. Um, how many of you have been to court before? How many? <laughs> you said, uh, yeah, depending on what the situation was. I mean, we've been to court for many different reasons. Sometimes it was jury duty. Yeah, if you want to, look, let me, y'all want, y'all want a hint to get out of jury duty. When they pull you on the stage, just act like you're retarded. No, no, I'll take her off. I'm serious. Just when they ask you a question, how do you, because they're trying to judge if you're a good candidate for them to, the, the vote a particular way. So when you get on there, you know, just start talking to some Bugs Bunny foolishness and, you know, and, you know, I mean, just do crazy stuff. And I'm just saying. Y'all are too deep, y'all. Y'all are too deep. I use this again. They asked Jesus a question. When they asked the question, he said, hold up, wait a minute. I'll answer yours if you answer mine. They said, say on. He asked the question. They said, we ain't going to answer. He said, I ain't got one for y'all either then. Bye. <laughs> Whatever. So we've been to court for jury duty. We've been to court for speeding tickets. We've been to court for criminal activity. We've been to court for child support. There's many different reasons. How many of you know? Unless it is your day in court to win the lawsuit, most of the time when you are on your way to court, it is a very nervous feeling. You know, you, you know everybody is walking like they're in a Catholic church in the courtroom. <laughs> you can see it on everybody's face. Everybody is real nice and quiet. and You can have more of a God. You can get repentance in the courtroom quicker than you can in the church. Man, them people are like, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me, Lord. Okay? And so, but that's the nervousness that comes with going to court. Imagine the, the, the nervousness when it comes to standing before the court of heaven. Okay? And so, so when it comes to the court, let's look at Matthew 25, 31 through 33. You can look up on the screen. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. And watch this. He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Two things here. God created everything in nature to speak of men. Every animal has a personality that speaks of man. You even see that when you go to the Chinese restaurants and they have those little animals for every month of the day and stuff like that. And, uh, and so, uh, but here, so when God created the goat, he created the goat to speak of sinners, and he created the sheep to speak of his children. And when you stand up, and then the other thing is, always remember this, the left hand of God, his left side is always his bad side. His right side is always his good side. That's why the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right. It's a reason why it says that. The Bible is very specific. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, not the left hand. Say, so the left is the bad side. Now, if you're left-handed, we're not talking about that, y'all. We're talking about the whole symbolism. That just dropped off. Oh, oh, I need you to pray for me so I can have skills in my right hand instead of my left. 
Y'all don't go too far with stuff, okay? We're talking about the principle and the sim- symbolism here. You know, somebody ain't got a goat. Now they're going to go home and kill the goat. Oh, you're a sinner. You got it's symbolism, folk. I think so. But, I mean, I like, I like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I, I see where you're going. The, the Bible talks about a group of warriors in the Old Testament. And it says that they were all left-handed, but they were extremely skillful. Then it talks about another group of warriors. It says that they were skillful in the left hand and the right. The Bible talks about weapons for the left hand and the right hand. See, so I'm talking about the symbolism. Thank you for that. Okay, all right. So he's going to, but the point is we're making is there's going to be a separation. Everybody comes up. Y'all, you better hope you're getting separated on the right side. You know how it is when we get confused when you stand up before somebody and, 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 and if God says left, uh, you mean my, which left? You know, you know what I'm saying? Because you're standing there, you're standing there. I'm assuming that's how it is. Say, but the point is, that's very serious. There's a separation because they're actually, we're not all standing before the same thrones. You know how you go to court and they have different courtrooms for different things? Well, I guarantee you there are subcategories up there, but there are two master courtrooms, two thrones. The first one is for the unbeliever, the sinner, or the Christian who did not live right or lived in sin constantly. It's called the great white throne. This is the one for unbelievers. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. In other words, every single person that died um, on the planet that was an unbeliever, uh, death and the grave gave up their bodies. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. Why? But the reason why everybody that came from this scenario was thrown into the lake of fire, because this is a judgment for unbelievers. That's why it says death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into this lake. Matthew eleven twenty one through 24. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their head to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Hell is called the place of the dead. For if the miracles, this is Jesus talking, if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. These are the, this is a, uh, uh, there are degrees of punishment in hell and degrees of reward in heaven. Everything is based on degrees. You see that in planet Earth, whether it be weather, whether it be money, whether it be the stock market, whether it be just your education. Everything is always in degrees. Okay? And so here, um, y'all know the Sodom and Gomorrah was a very wicked city. That is a very extreme situation because when you read that story, it says that every single man and boy in the entire city, all four corners, was gay. Homosexual. Okay, every single it said every single man and boy in the city, and it says every single man and boy showed up to Lot's house when two angels came and visited him, and they literally said, "Bring out the fresh meat so that we can have sexual relations with them." And you remember Lot? He said, "Don't do this wicked thing," and he gave up his virgin daughters instead, which is still crazy to me. And so. Uh, but, but as wicked as that was, this group that Jesus was talking to, he said, uh, when it comes to the degree of punishment, he said, your situation will be worse than theirs, which is crazy. Because this is the judgment for the unbeliever. First Peter 2, 4, for God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. Some of y'all remember the guy on Facebook that wanted to argue with me. I made up a statement about we're fighting creatures from hell. He wanted to get on there and debate with me about, you know, there are no devils in hell, and the devil is, is not in hell, and, and they've never seen hell. And some of you remember our debate. I said, uh, I didn't put up this post to discuss uh, Satan's address. 
I put up the poster to say that we can destroy him. But this scripture right here says that God has reserved the first angels that sin. There's a group of angels that did something in the beginning of this planet, and they are so wicked, they are so evil, that God said, you know what, I'm just going to put you all in prison for 6,000 years. And then when I judge the unbeliever, you will be judged with them. By the way, uh, I don't want to get too deep into this, and, and, and don't go throw your Mary Kay away and all that type of stuff, ladies, okay? But um, in the book of Enoch, it says that these angels were the first ones who showed women how to use makeup. They were the first ones who showed men how to make weapons. They were also the ones who showed them how to use witchcraft. And they also the ones who showed them the, how to open up portals in the heavenlies that were illegal for men to know. And because of that, God said, nah, I'm, I'm putting y'all in check now. We're not going to wait. Like, we're not, I'm not going like, to let my sons fight against y'all. Putting y'all So that right now there is a spot underneath the planet. We don't know how many they are, okay? Um, but there is a spot underneath this planet where they are reserved in chains. Some scientists believe that they have found the spot. There is a spot in the planet. I will not tell you where it is. There's a spot in the, you know, I know you're not going anyway. It's the Bermuda Triangle. No, that's just people who don't know what they're doing in a vast area of sea. You know, there are a lot of mysterious things in the planet, but a group of scientists said that they came across a spot over in the Middle East, and it was deep down in the ground, and they stopped drilling because they said all of the men started to go crazy. And they said there was a force that they felt deep down there that was beyond evil. And they said, men just said, quit. They said, just what I feel, I can't do it no more. So a lot of things that I kept secret. I'd like to go in Area 51 to see what's up in there personally, but I'm sure Trump is not going to let me in there. You don't need to see that. Stay in your lane, brother, and preach the gospel. First, Second Peter 3, 7. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. This is the white throne judgment. At the white throne judgment, everybody that's ungodly, people, angels, as well as the world will be destroyed. Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as expectantly as a thief, unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements, the air, the gases, everything themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along? Hmm, that's a teaching right there. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire. And the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. So this planet that you see will one day be completely destroyed. Uh, the rainbow in the sky, that is not something for um, an alternative lifestyle. God made it clear in the Old Testament. He said, I'm putting the rainbow in the sky as a sign. The rainbow in the sky is a reason why when you spray your water holes, you see it. And there's a reason why when it rains, you see it. It is a promise from God to mankind. I will never destroy the earth with water. But he said, I am coming back around. Next time I'm going to destroy it with fire. God is specific. Okay. So that's the white throne judgment. Here's the other one. The other one is for the Christians. This one is called the judgment seat of Christ. Revelations 22, 12. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Notice God, Jesus said he wasn't. In a, he said, I'm coming quickly uh, to set up my kingdom. That's not what he said. He didn't say I'm coming quickly to judge people. Uh, I'm coming quickly in order to destroy everything. He said, I'm coming quickly because I'm excited about bringing my reward to my people. Second Corinthians 510 King James Version. For we must all appear, because the scripture is written to Christians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he has done, whether it be good or bad. Romans 14, 10 through 12. I had a girl that visited the church one time. She didn't like the church because she said that your pastor, he uses too much scripture trying to brainwash y'all. I'm like, I thought that was the point. The Bible says to renew your mind with the word. I'd rather go to a church where they're giving me tons of scripture, not somebody who just opens up a sermon uh, and tells me that God is getting ready uh, to take you out of Lullabar. Mommy, we're in Lullabar. Shut up, boy. You're going to hell. Because your kid's asking questions. 
One lady, one guy, he was doing that type of stuff. He mentioned a name out there and he said, Mama, is that a restaurant? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> Your kids will tell you. The, one of the hardest things for me to deal with when we first opened up the church is a lady who brought her, uh, was it five or six kids? You remember, I knew you knew, remember. She brought, this when first opened, she brought her five or six kids to the church. This is where we had anything. The kids told her after the first service, Mama, this is it. How, how many of you know if you got six kids and the teenage kids say, uh, Mama, this is the church right here? And uh, we got them kids filled with the Holy Ghost. We got one, uh, one child delivered from molestation, something that happened in the past. Got that family healed. She was a single mom with six kids. And this is, this is the fickleness that I have to deal with. Is, you want to know why she left? I'm amazed at people. Let me tell you something. People bring about their own demise. Talking about the devil. The devil, he learning from you. We bring about our own. We don't like to hear that. But y'all, the truth be told, most of the stuff and the trouble in our lives right now is because of us, not the devil. Now, he might have gave you a suggestion to go and rob the bank, but you had to go get the gun. I can do this all day, by the way. And, and that, I'm, this is my way of saying I, all of the mess and stuff that I did that wasn't the devil. This was me. It was me that lost that money sitting in front of that computer trying to invest in the stock market by praying instead of reading books. It had nothing to do with the devil or the Holy Spirit. They was both eating popcorn on that one. Let's see how this worked out. <laughs> I'm just serious, man. Oh, I never told you the reason why she left the church. I pull from other preachers sometimes. If I hear them make a positive statement, I will then share it. You've heard me talk about the statement that T.D. Jakes made about the $100 bill. No matter what you do with the $100 bill, you can send it through the toilet, put waste on it, you can stump on it, it never loses its value. It just has to clean it up. It never loses value. So you hear me say stuff. It's a good statement. So I made a statement like that across the pulpit. And I said, you know, I heard T.D. Jakes make this statement. It was a powerful statement. She left the church because she didn't like T.D. Jakes. And because I mentioned one statement that he made, you must be in cahoots with him and you the devil too. And so I'm going to say this very clearly. This dumb lady (laughs) took her kids and her, her exact her exact reply was this when I called her later up. Well, I know I left, but I got my kids in church. Having your kids in church is not a sign that they're going to be successful. Because if your kids don't like the church, you can bring them in there every single day. And that when they come in, they shut their brain off. Because they can tell you that this preacher is preaching stuff that's stupid. Makes no common sense to them whatsoever. Mama, he keeps saying the same thing every single week. And you running around, this is what they look at, you running around the building every single week. And every single week, your situation has not changed for the last five years while you still running up in there listening to this ignorant fool. And I don't say that lightly because Jesus called these false preachers ignorant fools and wolves in sheep clothing. What verse am I in? Did I read Romans? No. Romans 14, 10. Why do you judge your brother? Why do you set it not your brother? We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So then every one of us should give an account of himself to God. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid, Jesus Christ. This is the crunch for Christians. I've said this a million times before. I'm going to say it again. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Six, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Those are the six categories that every word you speak and every decision you make and every place you go are put into those six categories. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. On the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. I mean, no, the Bible says we are God's workers and we are God's builders. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss, but the builder will be saved. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of frames. 
he'll be saved because he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. You can put up this graphic about the seven things that provide building materials for your home in heaven. Okay? So we know that every single thing, this was very sobering to me when I realized that at, this means that you are being watched from sunup to sundown. And then when the Holy Ghost told me, you're also being watched while you sleep. That's why we give you dreams. So 24 hours, seven days a week, your actions and your words are being put into those six categories. The top three are good. The bottom three are bad. Gold, silver, and jewels. I can do this all day. The scripture says it another way. That which is good, that which is perfect, that which is acceptable. Three. Says it another way. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Three. You see it in the grading system. A, B, C. Three. Good. Bottom three, bad. Okay? See it in a race. First place, second place, third place. Top three are the ones that are good. You see it in the Olympics. Gold, silver, bronze. Three. I can do this all day, by the way, but if, for the sake of time, I'm just going to stop. You see the pattern of three where the three are good and anything beneath that, y'all can try again or you are disqualified or sorry, you got to go to jail. It's the reason why it's three strikes and then you're out. It's the reason why on your job, I told you I could do this all day, they warn you three times and then you got to go. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's the three that are good. And after that, <clears throat> say, so all of your decisions are put into gold, silver, juice. And because of the law of conversion, where everything you do and say is converted to something up there, and they got this huge thing that they're building. When you get up there, they set it on fire. And whatever's made out of gold, silver, and juice, you get a paycheck for that. Whatever's made out of wood, hay, and straw, sorry, dude, you lose. Now, if you accept Jesus Christ, we're going to let you stay in heaven. But you're going to be in a homeless center. So these are the seven things that provide building materials for your home in heaven. When I heard about this Chinese girl, Korean girl, I can't remember, remember, who was caught up to heaven and a pastor and the angels showed them this, I said, this is extreme until I saw it in the Bible. I'm not teaching it today. Seven things that building materials of home in heaven. Worship and praise, prayer, time in the word. I mean, I, mean, I want you to probably, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible says pray without season. It says meditate the word day and night. When it comes to tithing, when it comes to giving, when it comes to serving, when it comes to evangelism, these are the seven things that if you do these things, you will be supplying heaven with building materials to build your mansion. Because in John 14, 2, it says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't true, I would not have, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Key word is a place, not a mansion. Everyone assumes that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is an equal society up there. It is not. The only thing that is equal is that we all have an equal opportunity to do the right thing down here in the arena called time, where you have time to get things right. When you enter the wall of eternity, there is no time, so that you, do not, you are not allowed time to change anything. However you go in, you stay in at that level, and nothing can change. That's why when Satan messed up in that realm, there was instant, there was no forgiveness. Instant, nothing can change in that realm. When you go in, this is the realm called time. They created this realm so that if you messed up, you could be given forgiveness another chance. Because if they kept you in that realm and you messed up, it's instant judgment. So we got to create another realm for Adam. So if he messes up, he won't be eternally doomed like Satan. He will be in a fake realm, a probationary realm, a realm called delay in time so that if he messes up, he will still have time to straighten up. But when the time is up, you can't do anything. So again, show these pictures of the mansions. These are actual drawings from people of what they saw up there. They are drawn down the scale because, like they said, there were some mansions that were made the Empire uh, State Building look like an ice cube in size. There were some mansions, they said, that were so big that if they were in planet Earth, you would have to drive a car to your next room. Okay. So this is one, and this is, a, I mean, the, the screen. For, we got a digital screen, but I don't know if that's the way we pulled it off. That was my fault, not theirs. So all of that stuff that's pink, those, that's actually pink diamond. I want you to imagine something like that the size of Atlanta. Because you can't draw something the size of Atlanta. You can only draw it down the scale. Go to the next one. I always joke and say, you know, that's another one. That's somebody's house. It's drawn down the scale. Go to another one. <laughs> you always know my joke. If Burger King got saved, you know, that's him. <laughs> and so uh, that's somebody's home. Now, this, all of this stuff that you see, 
That's yellow gold with diamonds all around it. You see the entrance in the two people. Thing is drawn down the scale. Those things that are around, you can touch that, go to another portal, you know, and uh, this is crazy. Okay. Now imagine a place like that because the Bible says the light in heaven is seven times greater than the noonday sun. And you're going to miss that because you want to do your own thing for 70, 80 years? No, I can sacrifice and do everything. Okay. Uh, and, but people assume, well, I give my life to Christ and I can do my own thing and I'm going to get one of those. Nope, this is where you might be. Go to the next one. I pray that you do not end up here. People came back and they drew this. Now, some people, I don't believe. Wonderful. I didn't believe certain things either. And I got smacked in the face and I'm continually being smacked in the face with stuff that I didn't believe because it didn't happen to me. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He was catching being up to heaven back then and he's still doing it today. One of the ways you can tell is a thousand people get caught up there. None of them know each other and they come back with the same story. And the psychologist will tell you impossible unless it's a real experience. That's not a hallucination. Okay, but there are people that they said were up there that this is all they did in their life where they had to be put in something where it's like a uh, what's some little storage units. I'm living in a little storage unit for the rest of my life. It's not going to happen. I told them what was that Wednesday. I told them, look, if I can't do the right thing as a pastor, I will quit. Y'all are going down the street. Remember, Martin? Welcome. Welcome to Hoochie Burger. May I help you? I'll be right in the drive through with a hat on. He used to be the pastor. Yeah. He said, this is what Francis Chan did, by the way. Francis Chan was pastor in a church with 5,000 members. He said, I can't do it no more. He said, I quit. He turned the church in a bunch of small groups, gave it to somebody else. Now he is out there teaching this very thing. And I, I listened to an excerpt from him yesterday that somebody sent me. And he said, my greatest fear, he told the congregation, he said, my greatest fear is that, um, one, he said, you will lose your reward. And my greatest fear, he said, is that I'm looking at many Christians in this audience that you will not make it to heaven. He said, and it, and it is when you, remember what I told you about being back there at that wall, when you deep in, it becomes, it is the only thing you are afraid of is men losing their souls. A place that is so horrific that God does not even want Hitler to go there because that's how bad it is. And so we got to change that. Okay. And then the last one, This is a place for people who they accepted Jesus for hell insurance, but built nothing because they did not live for Christ. They live for themselves. And they never even found out what the, it's very easy. You got to read the Bible, look at everything that has to do with rewards and see, do you line up? And then start practicing that. Okay. Why do you think the Bible says don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth? It says lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where nothing rusts and nothing rots and it lasts forever. We read that, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go, doing another lap around the church. Y'all, that wasn't meant for you to run. That was meant for you to do. Whatever. Okay, so I know it's grainy, but that's terrible. And they said that there were people there. And, and, and watch this. And, and uh, what, I'll give you a couple of statements that Jesus said. What looks important to men is unimportant to the kingdom. And what looks unimportant to men is very important to the kingdom. Another statement. The history books in planet Earth are completely different than the history books in heaven. There's a book called The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. Statement after statement is Jesus. There's why, and let me, say, let me add this. Let me show you how crazy this is. I've studied this subject for a long time. I've read almost, almost, I should, well, almost every book out there about people that have been called to heaven. Not one person that was caught up there had anything right. I want you to think about that. Everything that they thought about when they came to Scripture, everything that they thought about when they came to life, they were dead wrong about everything. And these were the ones that were living right. Let's go ahead and close this down. First John 1 John 1.8. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you will receive your what? Full reward. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. 
Do you realize how crazy it is when you got to stand before the God of the universe and you have to give an account for every single word that came out of your mouth? I don't even remember what I told my wife this morning when I left the house. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, just those two statements right there. If they are collecting all of your tears, then it means then that there is somebody that is invisible with you at all times waiting for you to cry. If you got to give an account for every outer word, it means that by some type of mechanism, every word is being recorded. Let me tell you something. When this gets on the inside of you, it will begin to control the way you think. It will begin to control the way you talk and it will begin to control your actions. I cannot tell you how many scenarios just in the last week alone where somebody asked me something. I was getting ready to do something. I was getting ready to say something. And as right before I did it wrong, this reward system popped up and I shifted on them. Boom. It's very, very serious. This might give you a clue. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Not our girlfriend, not our boyfriend, not our wives, not our kids, not our husbands, not our business, not our job. Only way for you to stay on track by keeping your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. When I read this book by Rick Joyner, he said many people got off track many different ways. He said the ones that made it to the top, they all did it one way. They were only dedicated to Jesus Christ and his agenda and nothing else. Nothing. It's the only way to make it. Okay. Um, it's very, very difficult. Okay. And so, uh, so I just want to encourage you because um, I told you about that book. I'll put it up in the next couple of weeks too. This book by Bruce, a video series by Bruce Wilkinson. And uh, he said that when he studied this, he said, I don't know of another church that's teaching this. I don't know of another one. And right now, most of what's being pushed out of church is for people to come to church. Just is. Ain't nobody getting healed. Ain't nobody getting delivered. You know, I told, you know, you want to know, know how the reward system helped me? You want to know how it helped me? I shared this with them Thursday. I had a repentance moment. I'm close here. I'll share this story that I had a scripture, this statement, I should say. I told them uh, we had a struggle. And that is, I even made a statement on Facebook and I made something public at one time. And because we felt like people were pimping us. And what I mean by that is, is that, see, the Bible, there's a reason why the Bible says don't despise small beginnings. Why, why would he say that? Because in most cases, when something starts small, you're going to misjudgment. You misjudge it. Like I tell people all the time, there's a difference between giving people a church experience versus creating a movement. When you create a movement, it always looks ugly. It always looks mundane because God keeps it secret. And so one of the problems that we begin to have is, is that, is that we get results with healing. Okay. I just had two testimonies of somebody, uh, one person got healed of AIDS, another person got healed of a venereal disease, which is, according to science, incurable. And so we get those type of results. Um, true deliverance. I can walk into any church in the United States or the world, and I can do something, and I can guarantee you 30% of the audience will start going crazy because they got unclean spirits on the inside of them. I can guarantee you. Benny Hinn said he just did a session at a place and he said 40 percent of the audience manifested at the same time. There are things we can do, but we don't because we can't handle it. OK, so we end up my wife and I, we would talk about this all the time. We got tired of people calling us and well, my pastor, we don't get results like this at our church. Well, the, uh, uh, they believe in healing, but nobody gets healed. Um, they don't believe in dreams and visions, and I keep having them every night. And, you know, I got this problem, and I would never be able to share it with my pastor. And people would be calling us for counseling and counseling. I got ministers at other churches calling me. Why don't you talk to your pastor? Because he don't know what he's doing. Why don't you leave? Well, you know, because they're going to talk about me. So one of the things that we begin to recognize is, is because we started from scratch with seven people with no help. 
And so that, that's how generals are built. Generals are built by scratch, do everything by faith, and you got to believe God for everything. That's what makes a general. And it's, it's small. It's meant to change culture. That's what an apostle is, is that they are meant to change culture, not just start another church. And you want to go to church, you can just dime a dozen. They're all doing the same thing pretty much. A movement is different. And, and because of the results that we were getting in private with no advertising, people calling around, calling around, calling around, calling around, calling around. And so we began to feel like we were just being used, which we were. So I was just like, no, go to your own pastor. Well, he don't believe. That's not my problem. Because I told, because watch, let me tell you this. See, I told you about the first phase. Watch what happens now that we get ready to blow up. Watch what happens. It is, when we put the graphics up, our phone calls went from here to here. We just put up two videos, two, and people going crazy. Oh, I got people calling me from around the world, literally, because they're like, dude, don't nobody preach this stuff. I was like, I know. That's why we had to stay secret for five years. So I was really starting to get an attitude because I'm like, now nah, you come on over here to get your needs met. I had to tell one pastor. And I, 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 y'all pray for me. I was probably out of order. I'm normally a humble guy. My wife will tell you. I had to tell one guy, hey, say, hey, man, last time I checked, uh, y'all people listening to me. Ain't none of my people listening to y'all. I had to put them in check because they were trying to, you know, people trying to attack me. I'm not here out here with a sign. Please come join Lionheart Church lest we go down to the ground. I'm sorry. I'm just having a carnal moment. <laughs> uh, and so I was starting to get an attitude because it was, it was becoming almost an everyday thing. People at other churches and they just calling us. We need help and we need counseling. I'm just like, why don't you talk to your own pastor? They don't roll like that. Why don't you talk to your own pastor? Well, I can't even call him. I got to make an appointment. So you calling me on my cell phone because I answer it? Until the reward system. When I got the reward system, I was like, oh, I was wrong. Because Jesus didn't just talk to people in his, you know what I'm saying? Now, God understood that what I was trying to do was say that, look, I'm responsible for my people. Okay, so my people are rising. My people are not just coming to church and then five years later, they're still on the same level. The majority of the people, how many of you since you joined this place, you went from here to here? That, so she sta- now watch this. You do this at another place, they're going to raise their hands too out of respect for the pastor, but then you ask them, give me the testimony. Um, well, you know, I found 50 cent in the parking lot the other day and I was, I was low on gas. Yeah, atheists do that. So this thing is going to really put you in check. I had to realize that, you know, I mean, the Lord told me, he said, I called you to reach the world and you don't want to reach to him. And, and it became very difficult because at this point we've had to get translators. I've got to get translators for other countries. I mean, I mean, just this week I had several pastors reach out to me and they said, dude, they said, don't nobody teach this. I'm like, yeah, that's a few, but very few. And they said, we're following you. We need your help. I mean, I just talked to two guys yesterday, so I'm having to create platforms, and so that's why I'm doing things in a particular way to be able to point people. Listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, and then call me. That'll get, that'll get rid of 90% of the people. <laughs> I'm going through. Wonderful. Read this book, then call me. See him at church. Hey. Hey. I see you ain't read the book. And if you didn't read the book, I know that my counseling says I won't go do nothing for you. You're just going to waste my time. I don't have a problem. See, now, I don't have a problem wasting my time. You know why? Because before, I was just like, Lord, this is just drain me, drain me. When I got the revelation of the reward system, I said, oh, I can be drained now because everything that I do and everything that I say is a reward. And right now, what we have in the body of Christ is this huge dilemma of people go to church. You walk to a church and ask them, when the last time you got somebody saved? Uh, do you know how to get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost praying in other tongues? Uh, when the last time you seen somebody at your church get healed from cancer? Uh, when the last time you had somebody interpret your dream? Uh, when the time you operated in the gifts of the Spirit? Uh, it's just always, uh, 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 uh. We got a congregation that know on the inside they're supposed to be Superman and treated like slaves. Because you're there for the pastor. You ain't there for God. That's why, very important. Most churches let the pastor die. Let the pastor die and the church goes down. 
And let me tell you something else. See, I had to learn this. The reason why there's so much freedom is because, who Jesus, I don't even know what I'm saying this. I'm supposed to close. Most churches are nothing but an extension of the pastor. Most. Now, this one is not because of the freedom. Y'all notice when Jay was up here doing praise and worship, she wasn't just looking over there at me, looking over there at me, trying to see when the time limit is up. She the praise and worship leader. Why should I be telling her what to do? See, I tell people when you grab the microphone, you can't follow the Holy Spirit if you got your pastor on your mind. So most places are nothing but parameters of the path. If he doesn't like the song, you can't sing it. If he doesn't like the color, you can't use it. If he doesn't like the time limit, you can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, places I come from, you go over the time limit, 30 seconds. You out. I'm dead serious. We had a lady that joined our Sunday location. The pastor had her on the street, for, had his team, this was the evangelism team, go stand in front of the supermarkets and ask for money. Oh, it's a lot of guys who do that because they broke. And the reason why they broke is because God is not with them. Stood out there. And now, now, if you do go out there and do that, how I many know you should at least be praying for people? Mm-hmm. So they were praying for people trying to get them saved. When the pastor found out, he pulled them back in the office. His exact words. I didn't send y'all out there to pray for people and get people saved. I sent you out there to collect money. So she gave him the bucket and then came right over to our church the next Sunday. Here's this statement. Let all men realize that all of their words and all of their works will one day be tried with fire. Therefore, be extremely careful with your daily decisions, for the day of judgment will reveal it all. Last scripture, Proverbs eleven eighteen. Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last forever. And that word evil, it doesn't mean somebody like Osama bin Laden or Hitler. It means anybody that is doing anything opposite of the word. With God, there are no degrees. You are the righteous or wicked. You either doing it right, you are doing it wrong. Ain't no gray areas. People like gray areas because it makes them feel comfortable. I had somebody call me recently um, from another state, and, and they was like, this going wrong, this going wrong, this going wrong, this going wrong, this going wrong. I was riding with Devon, too, and he heard me. And I was like, I didn't, I was out, y'all, it was the end of the day. <laughs> I just finished a prayer meeting, battling them demons over there in the atmosphere at Riverdale. And we were on our way back home. I was trying to get home to my happy home so I could chill out and with the wife or do something. I just let her have it. I said, well. I said, the reason why this going wrong, this going wrong, this going wrong, this going wrong. I said, because, number one, the seven things that I just put up on the screen, you're not doing none of them. And that's deception to think that you don't have to obey God, and then you're wondering why things don't work. And that's unfortunately, and we all been there, don't get me wrong. You're like, man, why is it, you know, people, people get... I'm blown away because the lights get cut off. It's because you didn't pay the bill, fool. I mean, that's the reason why lights get cut off. People just wondering, mysterious. I got to show y'all this video. There is this new thing. I'm done. Literally, I'm done to the point where y'all, I mean, y'all can do it with the cameras if you want. There's this new thing now. They're, they're creating wardrobes by which you can wear this wardrobe so that it allows you to steal a lot of stuff out of the store. Have y'all seen these videos? Oh, it's insane. I'm going to show this mess to them. I'm going to show it to them when we come back from vacation, not before I come back. And it's this garment that you wear. So I showed this to my wife. She was getting ready to go to sleep. I said, you got to see this. You got you to go to sleep happy and, and laughing on this. Cause, and she just could not believe it. I mean, they, they had this one lady. Uh, uh, they had this one lady, and, and they caught her, and they pulled her up to the front, and she's just pulling iron after iron after iron. Like, were you starting an iron business or something? I mean, iron, they had this one lady, and it was equal opportunity. They had a white lady, they had a Mexican lady, and they had a black lady. And, and, and the Mexican lady took the cake, though. That, that, that Mexican lady, she took the cake. This is not an exaggeration. This lady had so much stuff from here to here. It's a special thing you wear, and it makes it look like you're wearing regular clothes. And this stuff... She had so much stuff that she pulled out, it filled up a whole basket. I ain't talking no Easter basket. I'm talking about the buggy basket at Kroger. It filled, my wife was just like, and, and, and the more she pulled out, the more my wife is becoming hysterical. 
She's laughing so hard, I'm laughing out because I just, and you thought it was done. And this woman, and she's pulling out with an attitude like, yeah, y'all caught me. Yeah, just pulling it out, just pulling it out of here. And you thought it was done, and she put out another thing. I mean, it's insane why I just shared that with y'all. I have no idea. But we all messed up. Maybe that's where I was going. So, you know, y'all, the worst thing in the world is to hear this. Say it was a great message, and you don't do anything. This is the type of stuff where you're supposed to go home and flip everything overnight. Your world is supposed to go upside down, what actually means it'll be right side up. You're supposed to go home. If I, see, I tell people all the time, do a whole Bible study. You need to read from Matthew to Revelation. It was Psalm, Proverbs, those two chapters, and from Matthew to Revelation. You should have that read in the next month, a month and a half. And when you read it, read it only for one, looking for one thing, everything that has to do with rewards, it's going to scare you. What's going to be real scary is you're going to see that most of what's being preached out of pulpits are just good messages to keep people surviving. Not turn, but Jesus said in the last days to come to pass, be a famine for the gospel. So how many of you know people flock to where the food is? Right now, people are being served food and it's trash, but they think it's food. Anything to a hungry man tastes good. Let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. So, you know, I'm going to end the service in a moment. And uh, if there's anyone that, you know, you need special prayer, whether it be salvation, rededication, Mike, if you don't mind, you can stand down here down for me, too, once the service is over. Is, uh, we'll have ministers down front, male and female, who will be able to minister to you on any one of those things. Sometimes we do an open call. Sometimes we keep you intimate. You know, at the end of service, you know, I was ministering to Cody. He just walked down. He said, man, I'm ready. So I just ministered to him on the front row, you know. But, uh, but I just encourage you, whether it's salvation, rededication, praying in other tongues, special prayer, uh, get yourself together, folk. Get yourself together. I know I'm a different type of pastor. A lot of pastors, they just like to brag about stuff that God is not impressed with. Truth be told, people are not impressed with it. Most places in our social clubs. I can only help people to the degree that I am transparent. And leaders like to talk about all of their good stuff. And that's unfortunately because it's because I, uh, <laughs> my wife and I were joking the other day about, what do we call them, uh, Never mind. I just realized I can't share that. So, um, why are they laughing? So, you know, it's, my wife and I are going to try to do the best that we can, but you don't want to go to the other side, you all. And most of you haven't gotten it. It's happened to me twice so far, where the Lord suspends reality and lets you see or feel rea- uh, eternity. It is the most exhilarating and the most scariest thing you will ever feel. It's worse than the greatest hundred... It's, the feeling is worse than a hundred horror movies put together. But yet at the same time, it's exciting because it's reality. It's a reality that you have to step into a world and you step into a world where nothing can change and you didn't prepare for it. And what's worse, there's a greater judgment when you didn't prepare when you were told to prepare. When you, when you took this life and said, well, no, I'd rather chase the paper. I'd rather do my own thing. And, and it's really affected me bad. I watch UFC. I'm a mixed martial artist type guy. I like a little bit of car racing. But the further I get into it, you know, I, I look at these television shows and I look at men that they sit up all day long and just discuss sports, 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 sports. Nothing wrong with sports. But they just discuss it all day long. They got television all day long. This is all that they do. And it's very difficult to walk around now. You out, you're out at the mall and you're looking at the sea of people and I'm just like, most not going to make it. What's really bad is now when I see baby pictures, see a group of babies, and you see all of the babies, and they look cute, but the truth be told, how many of them are not going to make it? And that's the reality that we live in, and that's the reality that is. Um, and count yourself grateful to hear this, because when you step in, watch this, and then I'm done for real. <laughs> I told you about that thread in that river. If you did it right, 
when you stand before God, you will still wish you could have done it again. That's going to be the truth. Because when you see the reality of it, the Bible says ears have not heard and eyes have not seen what God has prepared for those that love him. But it says that the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. But in order for it to be revealed, you got to go deep in. And the reason why people can't see the other side is because most Christians are living their life on the edge of carnality and spirituality. Trying to only be into God enough to say that you're a Christian, but close to the world as possible so that you can have your mundane definition of fun and fit in. When you get back there, the whole planet can stand against you and you'll laugh at them in your face with some popcorn in your mouth. That's the reality. The worst thing in the world is, is to keep rejecting things and not sell out to Christ. Sell out. Selling out to Christ makes you a superman. Superman. That's what it does. So go ahead and lift your hands for a moment. Give God thanks and praise. We bless and honor your holy and majestic name, O oh God. For you are good all the time. Your mercy endures forever, O oh Lord God. I give you thanks and praise. Help us, O oh Lord God, to be better people. We know, Father God, that you have kept us secret for those five years, O oh Lord God, to be able to come out with the correct message. We pray, O oh Lord God, that as you launch us against the world now, thank you, O oh Lord God, for the multitudes that will come, the movement and the revival that happens. We know, O oh Father God, that many near and far will seek us. Thank you, O oh Lord God. But we ask that you help us to humble ourselves or repent, O oh Father God, of our sins, of our crazy ways, our crazy thinking. We repent, O oh Father God, of our pride. We repent, O oh Father God, of our competition. Pray, O oh Lord God, that you would forgive us of these things and help us, O oh Lord God, to be sold out and to sell out to you. Pray, O oh Father God, for us to give up our lives completely and let Jesus Christ live his life through us. So forgive us, O oh Father God, for these things. Pray, O oh Lord God, that you would create in us all a clean heart that we might not sin against you. Help us, O oh Father God, to be a church that will cause other churches to come up. Help us to be a church that people recognize it's not a competitive church, but as a church that's just simply trying to do the works of Jesus Christ. Burn all of the competitive nature out of us. Burn all of the pride out of us. Burn all of the things out of this church where we think, oh Lord God, that we are some church that is better than another church, that we are the only people that have an answer. Help us, oh Lord God, to carry this weight correctly. And we pray, oh Lord God, for other churches this morning that they will come up, oh Lord God, to this level to be able to minister to their own people and to be able to minister, oh Father God, to the neighborhoods that are around them. We pray, oh Lord God, that every church that you have called in Atlanta would not be satisfied with their little one or two churches on a corner. But that, oh Father God, every pastor that you have called in this city, that they will begin to try to take the city and not just create a church. For there is great work to be done and you will use us to do it greatly. So we bless and honor you and thank you, oh Lord God, for these things. If you believe you receive that, just lift your hands, give God thanks, praise, bless your holy name, O Lord. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praises be unto thee. Glory to God, hallelujah. We thank you, O Lord Jesus. Praises be unto thee. Thank you, O Father. Glory to God, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God, hallelujah. Praises be unto thee, O Father. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord. I want you all to go home today and take this seriously. Let me share something, and then we can just close, and that is very important. The Lord just dropped this on me. It is going to be very important for us all to let God tell us how raggedy we are. Okay? Later on, I'll share. It might be years, but there's something that keeps happening to me, and it happens for the 
and it's, it's happening for the purpose of the Lord showing me, you'll steer raggedy in this area. And you, you got to be willing to hear that because God telling you that you're raggedy in these areas is not saying that you're raggedy. He's saying that your ways are raggedy and that he wants you to come up. The Bible says God chastises those that he loves. To him who has will cut you back so that you can produce more. It's God's method. If you, give, if you get a little bit of success, we'll cut you back so you can have more. Okay, if you're getting a little bit of results, we'll cut you back so you can get more results. And the only way for you to get more results is we got to show you that there's a better way of doing things. And don't be afraid because trust me, you know, my wife said all the time, this is not a church for people that want a church. This is a church for people that want God. As our slogan goes, we turn churchgoers into God seekers. And in order for you to see God, he wants to bring you up. The goal is for him to bring you up to the same level of Jesus. And watch this. You know what it said about Jesus in scripture? It said Jesus had to learn humility by the things that he suffered. What? How does a perfect man need to learn humility? That's what it said. It says he had to learn humility by the things that he went through. Was he loved by his father? Absolutely. But there's a reason why the Bible says Jesus received the highest reward of all to sit next to his heavenly father. Yet there are scriptures that Jesus said, I desire for you to rule and reign with me. It is those who will allow themselves to be put in check and chastised that will rule and reign the highest. And it's going to make you feel raggedy because if you're going to be honest with yourself like me, we are raggedy. I know y'all don't want to do the ninja style like me. Give me putting this on. I know I am in some areas. I'm getting better every day and I'm getting better every month. And I'm trying to strive toward perfection. But Paul said this. He said, there's only one thing I managed to get on top of. He said, I forget about the past. And for all of you, you're going to have to do the same thing Paul did. You have to forget about your past. Paul killed people. He had to forget about that. Yeah, you got to forget about the things that you did and the mistakes that you make. Start over today. It's never too late to be right. Never too late. All right. So I'm going to cut it off right there. Some glorious times for us. So we'll be here next weekend. We'll, of course, be here Wednesday night. We'll be here next weekend for our resurrection services.